Well, this morning, you've probably noticed that there, we're missing some of our younger people. Um, Dynamos, which is a renewal weekend for our high schoolers, is taking place. Uh, Jeremy Griffin and Bella Lacanina are both candidates there. Uh, Kim and um, David Lacanina are there with them. And so it's a, it's, a, it's a good week for them. Also, some of our high school, or actually some of our college leaders for Young Life are also away at a student retreat. It's a big retreat weekend. We pray that the things that the Lord is doing in the lives of these teenagers uh, would be kingdom worthy and that they would be uh, renewed in their walk with Christ. Um, It is probably, if I was to take a survey, probably most of you came to faith or renewed your decision to follow Christ at a retreat or a summer camp when you were less than 21 years old. So we need to be ever mindful of the spiritual growth and development of our children. Well, here we are, first Sunday of Advent. So pray for them as they're away. Here we are, though, waiting. Not waiting for them to come back, although we are sort of waiting to hear what's going on in their lives. We are waiting for lots of things. Um, I don't like waiting. I don't know about you. Um, I'm going to have to wait longer for some things that I didn't think I was going to have to wait for. Let the reader understand. But, um, but we are all waiting. I don't like waiting. Now, if it's just a line, I love smartphones for lines. Because, like, the first time I was with Samantha at Disney World, we were in this long line. I promised to take her there. And I had a smartphone, and I spent the whole day just reading my phone as we sat in line. So for, like, short-term waiting, a smartphone is pretty good. That's when I check my Facebook messages, Sean, just so you know. Not very often, but I do check them when, when I'm standing in lines. But for other things, I just, I, I don't like to wait. I, I am, I'm, and you were the same way. It seems like the more time we get saved through modern conveniences, the less patience we have for anything that's waiting. We, have, we are waiting for the roof on this building to get completed. Don't you love all the decorations we've added? Isn't that nice? All the flags and the cranes and the additional blue tarps. I think we have every blue tarp in Gainesville on our roof up there. Um, I'm just grateful that, the, that the, the buses are here now to, to say that we're actually doing something about our roof. We waited a long time for a building. If you're new to servants, you need to know that we, we were here from 2006 until 2012, where we even really began to think about a building, and then from 2012 to 2018 to actually get in the building. We are waiting. Jody and I are waiting for our first grandchild. Bill and Emily uh, McRae are, are waiting for their first grandchild. As a matter of fact, they're at a shower for the, that grandchild now. Some of you are waiting for medical reports to come back. You're waiting for treatments to be completed and to hear the good news that you're cancer-free, and we're praying for that. Some of you are waiting for estranged family members to come to faith, to come back to the faith. Some of you are waiting to hear about jobs. Some of you are waiting to hear about other events in your life. We're all waiting for us for something. Well, wait is a great word to associate with the season of Advent. Waiting. You see, we're waiting for the celebration of Christmas, the birth of our Lord and Savior, the incarnation. And it seemed right to the early church that it it wasn't enough just to simply say, okay, this week we're going to celebrate Jesus' birth. They decided that, you know, that, that we need our, our, as people, we need time to sort of process and prepare. And so 
And so we invented the idea of Advent, these four Sundays that lead up to Christmas so that when we get to Christmas, we're really, really ready to celebrate. The same is true for Easter. One of the things that drew me to liturgical worship, I, 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 I always would get to Easter Day and go, oh, oh yeah, we're celebrating Jesus' resurrection. And, and so Lent gives us that 40 days to, to prepare our hearts for Easter. Advent in the same way gives us time to prepare our hearts to celebrate the birth of Christ. We're also waiting on the return of Christ, his second coming. That's that Zechariah passage you heard. And just to let you know clearly what Zechariah is saying there, he, he is describing when Jesus comes to kick butt. All right? It's, the first two verses are really hard to read. And it's about the great enemy of God, Satan, making his last attempt to destroy humanity. And all the brutality that you read about in those first two verses is all the devil's last stand. But then what verse 3 says is that Christ will come himself to lead his army to defeat his enemies. And if you go back and read through all that, you will see that splitting of the Mount of Olives and this valley that's built and God's people going through safety and, and there never being any darkness in the, in the city of Jerusalem. The new Jerusalem is all meant to invoke on us this, this desire and, and longing for the day of the Lord when Christ will come again. And he will do away with all death and weeping and sin. And the enemies of God will be defeated forever. Amen. That is what Jesus is echoing as well when he talks to his disciples in chapter 21. Long for that day. We wait for the consummation of his kingdom. The kingdom is broken in. We are those who have become his loyal followers in this broken and transitory life, but we are waiting for the completion, the consummation of that. So that's what we're waiting. But I wonder if you've ever thought that we're also, there's a third waiting that goes on for us, not just in Advent, but we particularly put a spotlight on in an Advent. And that third waiting is more personal. It's about us as an individual follower of Christ. Christ has knocked on the door of our lives, as the writer of Revelation says, and we have said, come in, Jesus. I hope all of you have said, come in, Jesus, be in my life. But even though we've begun that relationship with Christ, the work that Christ has promised to do has not yet been completed, right? I mean, Christ called me when I was 15, and I was a messed up dude um, and he's begun to work on me, but there is so much more that I long to see him do in my lives. So many ways that I want him to um, conform me to the image of his son Jesus. And so we individually wait. It's like there's three advents. There's the first coming of Jesus. There's the, the second coming of Jesus. But there's also the advent of Christ coming into our lives. And we wait for him to bring that to completion. Paul picks up on this theme in the Thessalonians passage. It was read uh, for you by um, our sweet sister. And uh, it's over in chapter 3. And that's where I want to, to just focus you for a second. Look at what Paul says. Karen, thanks for reading that for us. So I don't know why I blanked on your name for a second there, but I remembered Karen. So thank you, Karen, for reading it. She did an amazing job. But just 
Look at what Paul says to the Thessalonians. Now, you need to know, the Thessalonians were a congregation that Paul thought were, were doing really well spiritually. They, they were very generous with what they had. They were not as well off as the Corinthian congregation, but they were very generous with their, with their, their money and their lives. They exemplified the characters of Christ. And yet, Paul is wanting and praying that he could come to them for three, at least three things. He wants to come to them, first of all, that he, might, um, that he might see these things. First of all, verse 8, Paul wants to see that they are standing fast in the Lord. I love that part in the, in the uh, Luke 21 verse where Jesus says, when you see these signs, stand up, get ready, look alive. The Lord's coming. It's possible to be in Christ and yet, to not be standing fast. We know that. To be distracted with temporal things, to be distracted with the the things that are weighing us down, the things that are right before us today and tomorrow and next week and Christmas shopping and all these things, and to not stand fast for the Lord. Paul wants to see them stand fast. Paul, in verse 10, says also, I want to come to you that I may supply what is lacking in your faith. Now, see, I'm encouraged by this because it's a recognition by the apostle that though we've come to Christ by faith, there are still places of lack of faith. There's unfaithfulness in us. And Paul recognizes it. He says, I want to be there with you that we may supply to you what is lacking in your faith. See, there are times where your faith is weak and my faith is strong and I encourage you. And there are times when my faith is weak and your faith is strong and you encourage me. And there are times when you encourage one another when you're at a moment of crisis of faith. I, it's, not, it's, it's okay to have doubts and fears and to know that you're not certain about the future. It's, it's part of being human. Paul says, we are given to each other that we might increase our faith. That we might make up the lack of faith in each other. It's why Christians are put into communities. Why we need to be together as a body. And we need to gather week by week as much as often as we can. Because we are meant to live in community. Christians were not to li- meant to live in isolation. And sadly there are so many whose faith has become wrecked. Because they didn't understand the importance of being rooted in a community of faith. Paul says, I want to come that I might supply what is lacking. And then thirdly, in verse 12, Paul says, I want to come that I may see that you're abounding in love for one another and for all. In other words, for each other internally, but also that that love is pouring out in the way you love and care for people. Now, I would suggest that all three of these things that Paul, the reasons Paul is motivated to come to Thessalonica is because he wants to see if they're preparing as they wait. The other word that you would do well to associate with the season of Advent is preparing. Being prepared. You know the song Joy to the World that we sing at Christmas? It's actually an Advent song. Prepare him room, right? Let heaven and earth, or whatever the words go. Heaven and nature sing, right? Prepare him room. We wait, but waiting is not simply passive. 
Waiting is meant to be active. There are things we can do as we wait. Ways that we can prepare ourselves. And I commend to you that Paul is saying these are ways that we can look and, and, and consider um, where we are in that preparation. Are we taking it seriously? Just this week I was called to uh, go to Pittsburgh. Thank you for those that were praying for me that were on the prayer list. We were called together by the archbishop to say we need to be seriously intentional about raising up the next generation of leaders in the Anglican Church North America. If we're not, we're in big trouble because most of our clergy are over 55 and most of our bishops are over 65 and it goes on down. Youth ministers, children's ministers, missionaries, lay leaders, deacons, all of the areas of ministry in our church, we have to be intentional. And somebody said something to me that was like, you know, just kind of caught me and it became kind of the the catchphrase for the week, you said, you know, that our, our hope and our prayer is that the next Archbishop of the Anglican Church North America is right now in the nursery of an Anglican Church somewhere in North America. Isn't that a cool thought? And in that moment, my mind was just wrapped up, and I, I, and I, 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 you know, I think about Paul saying to the Thessalonians, it's one of those moments where you say, yes, and why are we not being more intentional? Why is it good enough just to have a children's ministry and a youth ministry? Why is it not good, just good enough to have college students a part of our congregation? Well, because we have to be intentional about seeing that we're discipling. Now, many of those will go on to be leaders outside the church, which is extremely important. We need all areas of society to, be, to have um, Christian leaders, people who are shaped by the call of Christ, but are we being intentional? Are we preparing actively even as we wait the Lord's return? Well, that's the question. You ever see those guys around town with the crazy signs? The, I mean, they say all kinds of different things, but basically they say turn or burn, you know, repent or die kind of stuff, you know, and they're really provocative. Do you think that, do you think that non-believers pay any attention to those guys? I don't, I don't really think so. I think they probably try to swerve and hit them when they go down the street. The other day, we were, Joey and I were on 13th Street, and I saw one of them. And I think it was actually a, a First Thessalonians scripture. I didn't really catch the verse. But, you know, I think that probably mostly that's Christians who notice those places, those guys. And I'm just going to confess to you that, you know, I don't agree with what they're doing. But there's a part of me that goes, Lord, am I missing the boat? Is that what I'm supposed to be doing? Because right or wrong, they're very, being very intentional about where history is headed. There's a part of me that, that goes, Lord, am I really preparing? Am I making room for you? Am I open to the things that you're calling me to do? I don't know about you, but it, 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 it's a bit of a conviction and a bit of a, a question and asking of the Lord, Lord, am I, am I doing all that I'm to do? Now, I, I don't advocate for you getting a turn or burn sign. Uh, I'm not suggesting those guys are right. And I know that some of them have false motives. But what I am suggesting is that it is that the, the reason why the prophets are constantly reminding us of the great day of the Lord is because we're meant to not simply be passively waiting, but actively preparing. 
So in Advent, let me commend to you a few things. First of all, attentiveness. I know the month of December, well, my month of November is crazy. I can't imagine what December is going to be like. But in the midst of that, attentiveness. What is the Lord saying to you? Repentance. You're going to hear that theme in the next couple of weeks in our Advent season liturgy and uh, lectionary. Repentance. Where have I failed to stand for Christ and his gospel? Renewed urgency that, of the work that's ahead. What can I do to further the kingdom of God? Where is the Lord calling me to work? These friends are active waiting exercises that we would be prepared. And if you need to talk to anybody about it, I'm always here. Just come and ask me. Love to talk about that with you guys. Last thing, though, we come back to the gospel. We come back to the gospel. And what does the gospel remind us? We don't do this work alone. Yes, we need to be actively preparing, but it is the Lord who is working in us to prepare us. Now, those of you who are ladies that have had children, you, when you found out you were pregnant, you began to prepare yourself. You took prenatal vitamins and you stopped, probably stopped drinking caffeine and alcohol and you you began to try to eat differently and think about that side. You took better care of yourselves. At least for most pregnant women, they take better care of themselves during a pregnancy than, than any other time because they're, 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 they're eating for two. They're carrying a child in their womb. And that's important. That's this work of preparation that we're talking about. But let's be honest, much of what is going on when a woman is carrying a child and about to have birth is beyond even her control. It's in the Lord's hand. She does her part, but the Lord is the one who is growing that child in her womb. And so it is spiritually for us. That's why at the end of Advent, we'll come to the story of Mary, who in complete surrender says, let it be unto me as you have said. She becomes the example to us of what it means to allow God to prepare us himself. His Holy Spirit ever at work in us as we wait and as we prepare. This is the hope that God who began a good work will see it to completion. Not only with his return in the end day, but his fulfillment of the work that he is doing in each of us. This is our hope. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.